Hey family, Kent and Kathy Larson just brought us invaluable training on crisis counseling. It's called Passing the Peace. Here you go. So Ken already mentioned um, Dr. Wilder, who is the ministry. The name of the ministry is Life Model Works. And so he's the psychologist that developed a lot of this. And he was a world-renowned PTSD trauma specialist. He, was, he would go over all over the world when there would be you know, large groups of people that had experienced pretty horrible traumas. And, um, and so he developed this so that it would not only be easy to receive, but easy to pass on, <laughs> especially in what he noticed, because he, of course, grew up as a missionary kid in, in, uh, you know, uh, in Colombia. But what he noticed is that a lot of other cultures, not so much Western culture, are, are storytelling cultures, right? Mm. And that's how they pass things on to each other. So this little model is super applicable, very easy for them to catch on and even get the power of it. Mm. So even like us sharing gratitude stories with each other or what Lily and Chris, you know, what they did around the table, just speaking it out loud. So you have this, what happened for you tonight from a brain science perspective is you have this encounter with Jesus. It's sort of that right brain, you know, emotional, more of an emotional experience. You're seen in the spirit. You're made for me. Like he took my face and my hands. It's like this, this is how you, get, you know, so those kinds of moments. And then when you tell the story, your left brain gets in on the action and puts words to what you just experienced. So then it becomes a whole brain experience and then you're you you've got your left brain has a new story to tell which is part of the transformation process but anyway one of our favorite stories is when jim first started experimenting with this he uh, was invited to a church in germany who had taken in a whole bunch of syrian refugees and um the church was kind of struggling not knowing how to help these people so jim had a meeting one night and he said, well, the number one thing I want you to do when I come is provide a meal mm-hmm. and anything else they need, blankets, whatever they need. And so a big piece of what he understands that, that opens the doors, of course, hospitality is creating hospitality. And so the church did that. You know, they had a little, I don't know how the order of how they did it, but they had a meal and they had other things for them. And then, and then he had them, uh, begin to think about something they were grateful for, and most of them, the only thing they could come up with is we're sitting right here eating hot food, mm-hmm. and you know that, and and that's okay because that was a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And then the aftermath of all of this, and he had them then tell their stories to each other, but he did the whole process. What are you grateful for? Let's stop a minute and ask God to give you peace, mm-hmm. and they did. And they're you know they're in a place of extreme need and so certainly you know and plus either they're muslim or you know so that concept isn't foreign to them um maybe not the same god but that's okay you know they're just saying god i need peace and like what happened to lily i think she had an authentic experience of holy spirit right and so then they share their story with each other and again the joy level even in their own community begins to rise but what happened with this particular group of people is many of them came to christ because of what happened in that one you know they just knew here's a group of people that 
are going to love us and just, mm. you know, be there for us. And there was that kindness and warmth that came up. And, and so that was a beautiful story of how this can play out. And, of course, it's multiplied all over the world in all kinds of different ways. You know, it plays out in not the same. It doesn't look the same everywhere, and it won't look the same with this situation. But it's like, okay, Lord, use this however you want. So, wow. Yeah, so that's a beautiful story. One of the other stories that um, we've heard from Jim is that he was flown into, I think, it might have been Sri Lanka. I don't really know exactly. Think it's Indo- it I used to think it was Indonesia, but now I know it's Hindu, so I'm not yeah. sure. But uh, it was an area where there was both tsunami and civil war with all this genocide. So there were all these villages, and there have been actually therapists that have been in there for like three months trying to work with PTSD and there was no improvement. It was just not working. And they flew him in and he did a three-day little seminar with village leaders, probably both missionaries, but also just uh, main leaders of the village, training them in this approach. And then he flew back to the States and a week later he got a call and he said all of the crying uh, uh, all the trauma stopped, all the crying stopped, the dreams have stopped, and um, this was all Hindu villages, mm-hmm. and all these Hindus are having encounters with Jesus wow. and coming to Christ. <laughs> and, um, so it just swept through this area. Wow. So, and, and it was as simple as the kind of thing that we're talking about right here. It was just simply giving them enough time to have some gratitude and then just go to a moment where they ask for peace, ask God for peace. Mm-hmm. And of course they believed in all kinds of crazy gods, but mm-hmm. God God knew their need and mm-hmm. so he starts breaking in. When when Jim first developed this, he wrote this little book and we've got if you want, there's a booklet that he wrote that has more details um, that you guys can pick up tonight if you want. I don't know if I have enough for everybody, but we've got some. And uh, and that was my first exposure to this piece. Mm-hmm. It's, this is actually an application of a larger model of healing, uh, recovery, transformation called the Emmanuel model. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can have this. I'm just going to scroll through this PowerPoint. It's, I mean, it's so simple. I probably didn't need to do all this, but we came up with a little acronym to help you remember the three pieces, but it's so simple you can remember it anyway. But I call it the GPS, the peace island in the midst of the storm. So, uh, gratitude, peace, and story. So, so obviously these are Afghans, and and they're in a great trauma, and they need to be able to have a way to find some peace to get to a place of that uh, of peace. Um, uh, so the first one is to gather gratitudes. I find a gratitude and I feel grateful. A person, a place, a happy memory, nature, a child or a grandchild, an unexpected gift, a pet, a favorite meal. You know, so just doing, just thinking of gratitudes like we've already talked about and what we already did tonight. And we'll do it a couple more times. I, I want I want you to practice tonight because I think the whole goal is you guys are getting trained so that you can do this with these refugees. And um, yeah, and and honestly, it's so simple that being able to even to do it through a trans through a translator, I think it's not it's not going to be that hard for you. 
for uh, any of us. Point out the little stick figure. Little stick figure up there, sort of the symbol they created. You know, he's just. I think, feel grateful. I feel grateful. Yeah. I'm feeling happy. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed it looks kind of happy. He's a happy yeah. stick man. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> okay, and then the next is pause for peace. I ask God for peace and notice what comes. Okay. I tune into feelings, all, all your senses, how your body feels, if something comes to mind, or, you, or imagine the implication brings you peace. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a verse that probably most of you know in Isaiah 26, I think. Yeah. It's you have you know he, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about that verse, a little deeper study on it, and it says, he gives shalom, shalom, double shalom, double peace, to those whose, the Hebrew word is yetzer, those whose imagination is set on him. Okay, so when we go to memories, and then we look, for Jesus in a memory, that we're doing that very intentionally. We're we're going we're using our memory, which is even it's it's a part of the system of imagination in our brain system, but it's actually a part of our you know obviously this is how our um, I, we could talk I could get creative with this, but um, all relationships and our whole life is memory mapped. So what happens is we have experiences and our brains record those and our right brains record the emotions, record the, the images, all that. And, and so everything about our lives, our self-identity, our relationships with other people are all memory mapped. So, so that means that literally trained into our neural pathways in our brain is is all of that information and it can always be accessed and it has cr- way more power than I ever understood until a few years ago. So it has incredible power both to be hurtful, which if, you, if you're constantly reviewing all the bad stuff that happened in your life, all the memories that are bad, or it's how marriages are destroyed. If you have too many negative experiences that become the memory map of your relationship, you could call that like a joy gap between your, you know, the negative experiences you have and joyful experiences you have with your spouse. Then it begins to destroy your your your, your view of that relationship, and it, and it breaks it down. So when people are going like this through radical trauma, which this isn't new to them in one sense. I mean, they've been having trauma in this country for uh, probably hundreds of years. Um, But, uh, and it was interesting, when we were with Lily and I was explaining some of this and explaining that it could help with PTSD, she stopped and said, wow, it might help me too because I still get dreams and I'll wake up and I'll think and I'll freak out because I think the Taliban is going to break into my house. Wow. So she's, she's still in having like PTSD and she's been here 15, what is she, 15 years, 20 years. 20 years. Wow. And she's still having trauma dreams 
Um, because that's the power of all those negative traumatic memories. But what, we, what we've been learning is that those, things, those trauma memories can be healed. And, um, yeah, you know, I, we can tell other stories about that. Specifically, there's some really amazing stories of people like this one man was literally shot with 17, you know, this machine guy, a gun guy in the Middle East came into his shop and, and, and just machine gunned him and he had 17 wounds. It's a miracle that he even died. Did he or did, he live? Miracle that he died. And then uh, he went through some of this this process and it, and the trauma of that memory got totally healed, so it wasn't it, it, it wouldn't affect him anymore. He didn't have uh, trauma from it, so it's possible to change those trauma memories through this process. But the first step is just to be able to establish, you know, get a hold and amplify positive moments, positive memories, and then find a God connection where peace can come and He can show you. You can show you things that bring comfort. Mm-hmm. So that's and then. Oh, and then there's a little thing up there. You know, we've got the, stick the two stick figures, and they're listening for peace. And he's got his eyes wide, and then he's got peace. Ah. <laughs> okay. And then share your story, and you tell others what changed and what brought. I tell others what changed and what brought me peace. I share my passing the peace story. So. This is also really, really important to understand is that when you actually tell the story, it, it, it is another step of the process of trauma recovery. So be, like Kathy already mentioned, that what happens is our right brain, uh, when we go, like what we just did in the exercise, you do something with appreciation, you're thankful for some things, you go to a moment that you appreciate, you look for peace, and then you might even see something. In the case of Lily, she saw light. Okay, she didn't see necessarily a picture from the past, but she saw light, and she felt peace. So from now on, she has a new memory where she's sitting at Whole Foods with us, and she's been coached into asking God for peace, and she now has a right brain memory of light coming in and peace filling her heart, right? So, so, but then when she told us that memory, what that does is it shifts it from the right brain to the left brain into language, and it becomes what I mean, you might call a new story, a new narrative about her life. So you can do that with a present thing like that, or you can do that with all of your past. So... My, my wife does this better than me, but she has a whole record of all the positive memories that she, God's brought up. And in fact, she like, has little cards on, in, the, in, our, in, the, in the bathroom by the mirror. And, and there are little pictures of these beautiful memories to help. And, and so what happens is you train yourself and you kind of you locate all these beautiful moments and also God moments in your life. And it literally lifts your whole uh, mindset about your life and begins to shift. I will say it's helpful to have visuals. You know, sometimes we, we've known for years about having a gratitude journal and, um, you know, the whole uh, thousand 
gift thing, which is a, which is huge and it's life changing. But if you create a picture, it's almost like little memorials, right? And so mm-hmm. I just even find pictures of things that I love, or <laughs> things that make me smile, and I just have, you know, I just put them on little three by five cards. It's not nothing fancy. I know people that do beautiful. You know, gratitude journal, art, artsy gratitude journals, and mine, mine's nothing like that, but it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so anyway, the storytelling is actually it does two things. Um, it turns it into your new story, your new narrative, your new life story. But the second thing is it connects you with people. Okay, and one of the things that that has been discovered about what causes trauma when you have a bad thing happen and what turns it into trauma, long-lasting trauma and pain is that you don't have someone there to listen about what just happened to you and be present with you. Trauma, the main thing that, that messes people up and causes PTSD is they don't uh, they are alone in their pain. Mm-hmm. And they don't feel understood. They don't feel like there's anybody with them in the pain. Mm-hmm. So this whole process, as simple as it is, is giving them little connections with people and with God mm-hmm. where God comes into their pain. Mm-hmm. And God comes even into their joy and just amplify that and bring them peace. But, but, but it's a train, it even trains their brains and their hearts to begin to get into that place of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when they've been as traumatized as these people have been, they don't trust probably anybody except their family mm-hmm. they're surviving with. Mm-hmm. And so they're, 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 their connection has been lost. And now they're in a new country. Mm-hmm. They don't know the language. Mm-hmm. It goes on and on and on how alone they feel. Yeah. So by even what she was describing, what they did in Germany, you know, is these this, these church people are just surrounding them, being present in their pain, mm-hmm. giving them food, mm-hmm. giving them blankets, mm-hmm. which is, I, I know that's what you guys are starting to step into. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, the, so mm-hmm. as you begin to be present in their pain, mm-hmm. it begins to win their hearts. And it also begins to heal their 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 trauma. Mm-hmm. So so that's really it's it's so simple. That's all there is to it. Um, so I put um, there's a little bit more information if I can get this to go. Here we go. That's on the sheet that went around, um, and just some suggestions for practice. And but we're going to practice here right now. But you could. You know, find another friend and do this for a while, just, just for your own, just your own process, and keep practicing it. And it's helpful. Get one or two, you know, two or three friends or something and do it. Do a Zoom call with a small group of family and friends and do it. Um, people going, yeah, it's a great Thanksgiving thing. Um, and then there's some links here that that's on your sheet for finding more information, but, but. What I want to do now is I want to go back and now you you heard it multiple ways and I want you to practice it. So what I want you to do is I want you to do a passing the peace with one the one person next to you. And you know, it's as simple as start with gratitude and then ask God for peace and then share what 
what you get. And and you're practicing to be able to help with the Afghans, so let's do it. Let's just practice. So just to be clear, Kent, the first thing we want to do is actually ask the person a question, what's something that you're grateful for right now? That's right. Right? So we're asking yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Probably, yeah, but you're asking that. You're asking them, so what's something you're grateful for right now? If you're coaching a person like that, you're just in a one-on-one, or you're, you've got a translator and you're asking them, so what's something you're grateful for right now? Okay. And, you know, if, if the right now doesn't work, you can also say, well, in the last last week, or maybe you can suggest, like like on back yeah. on this, I'm, there were some thoughts that, you know, it might be, Oops, that's not the right one. There it is. You know, a happy memory, a place, a person, and you know, a grandchild, the birth of your your child. So, you, if they're not getting in some, something right away, you can begin to kind of coach them. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that we've learned this from, <laughs> he he told he coached this girl. This girl couldn't think of any positive memories in her life in this particular setting, mm-hmm. and and then he just said, "Hey, do you like pizza?" And she says, well, I love pizza, but I'm gluten intolerant. <laughs> and then and then he said, well, you know, have you ever had gluten-free pizza? And she said, oh, yeah, I have. And, and he said, so I want you to imagine eating that gluten-free pizza when you have it. Well, actually, she was super grateful because there was actually a pizza shop right by our church that specializes that in gluten-free oh. pizza. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so she he, was, it was like... In this case, she was in so much pain that she, he was having to coach her through the gratitude. So she was, he was helping her imagine. Now, just imagine the cheese, the stringing up, and the luscious... You know, he was going through this whole details to help coach her to be to get into a visceral experience of gratitude. Yeah. Now, you won't probably have as that much freedom to do all that detail, but you can give suggestions like that if they're having a hard time, mm-hmm. and some of them be maybe so traumatized that it may be very hard for them to reach. Sometimes I like to just ask people, think of something that's just made makes you smile when you think of it. That's another good yeah. way to say it. Because sometimes thinking of something, I've, I mean, we all do that. You just kind of go blank and you go, I can't think of anything. You know? <laughs> so it is a it's it's a muscle that has to be uh, exercised a little yeah. bit. But you know, what's made you smile? Recently, it was just a beautiful flower, you know. Something. Right. And then number two is to tell the person, okay, I want you to ask God to reveal His peace right right now. To To give you something, yeah, that gives you peace. Okay. God, what do you have for me? And and I do think, I mean, after doing that with Lily, sometimes, I mean, even in in this book on passing the peace, he doesn't always use the God God word. Mm -hmm. He says. Just look for peace. Um, or the way so he if says you're in, this, in a situation just, with a non-Christian or yeah. a, that, that you know they're going to be totally antagonistic to even that word, mm. uh, it's it's. I don't think it's a problem. And and I, my observation is God can show up anyway. Because mm-hmm. you, know? yeah. so, you can use the word like let's just listen for a minute until you feel peace. Yeah. Or let's just be quiet be for quiet a minute until so, you feel yeah. peace, and then just tell me what happens. Yeah. Could, it could be as simple as or that. I'm having, uh, imagine yourself in a place of peace. Yes, would that be would work very too. Yeah. Um, 
non-religious medicine. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's yes, a really good remind idea. yourself of the Buddhist piece. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's as far as the gratitude part, could you even if it was a difficult encounter, could you even say go to a place of daydreaming? You know, it's like you know, like a place of, of daydreaming. It's oh. like, or almost like a fantasy. I mean, where do you go? Do you know to escape something? I mean, would that ever be viable? Well, because it's not uh, that would be the second best, in my opinion. So, the reason why is that what we're trying to do is heal real memories, mm-hmm. real trauma, uh, real memories. So though there's an automatic response to trauma that causes people to, well, the psychological term would be dissociate. Mm-hmm. They like purposely, dis- internally we have a system that causes us to dissociate with life, to check out in one sense, okay? It's actually a survival mechanism. It's a survival mechanism that our bo- that's yeah. built into our bodies. And some people, because they've had so much trauma, they multiply dissociate. So that's what multiple personality disorder is. So, but, um, so the best is to have a, an earth, what I call time and space, a, a, a time and space earth memory that's the best process because they have trauma memories that are real on the earth in their life so you're trying to heal their brain really in one sense you're trying to balance this out with real memories not just give them an escape to go somewhere separate you're trying to bring tangible you know that help to their system so um, but sometimes it's it's necessary and I also noticed, in, just to mention, side note, in charismatic communities where there's lots of prophecy and charismatic stuff, lots of times people do the same thing. They get prophetic uh, a vision and stuff, and they go. They actually sometimes when they've had lots of trauma, they escape into the prophetic all the time. Mm-hmm. They don't. They can't function on the earth. They want to live in that sort of. Uh, escape zone so we've had to learn how to sort of pull them out of that mm-hmm. not that that's not a real zone I mean it is a, a heavenly zone as well so there's there's arguments for that on the other side too but but that's it can be used as escape can you use as escape yeah. right so so are you saying that you don't address or even have to bring up the anything that traumatizes them? You don't even no, well, in this case, what you're doing is all you're trying to do is bring some peace to them. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, along down the road, you may, if I mean, if you develop a relationship with these one of these families or something, they trust you and you can get, you can get past the language barrier and you can do more then that's where you can start to learn. If you learn this method more, yes, you can heal trauma memories. That's some of the stories we were even telling were a little bit more like that. And some of it, what I think you're probably referring to is sometimes they just need somebody to hear their story and listen and attune. And it's not about fixing. It's just being there, like you said, being with them in their pain. So the the larger Emmanuel model is the first half of it is getting connected like we're talking about in a joyful, peaceful place. And the second half of it is then going to trauma memories and asking Jesus to come mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. but like what's so unique? So. What's unique yeah, about this? Very similar to about this so. inner healing model is that you start in a positive place. Yeah. Yeah. Most other models, 
and even therapies start in the, thorn, in the thorns, as it were. They start in the pain, and they ask, even if they are working with the Lord, they're asking the Lord to come into the pain. Mm -hmm. but, in, but this starts in a joyful connection, mm -hmm. which actually, that's part of the brilliance of the brain science, that, that when you're in a joyful place, your system, all your relation, what they call the relational circuits of the brain are on, and you're able to relate to God, mm -hmm. and you're able to able hand, even process the pain mm -hmm. much more easily. Mm -hmm. So these these two therapists put that together. They had been done, doing therapy and inner healing for years, mm -hmm. but when they put when they were wrestling with why it is about thirty percent of the people we work with still they don't get healed, mm -hmm. and then they were looking at the brain science and they. And all of a sudden, and then they were praying. It's like, Lord, show us what to do. And the Lord said, take them to positive memories. Don't take them to negative memories wow. first. Get them connected to me, and then and then they'll have the capacity with my help and in a positive place mm -hmm. to walk through the pain. Wow. And when they did that, their their recovery, uh, their their counseling, you know, work started like increased like thirty percent, like up to eighty, ninety percent long term recovery rate. With the people they're working with, <laughs> so this is—it's—it's it's really, um, I believe it's a major breakthrough that yeah. the Lord has revealed, yeah. both through the brain science and just supernaturally at this yes. time of, of yes. history, and we need it because there's increasing trauma. I mean, it's just getting worse and worse, and so it's so it's one of the ways it goes. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You had a question. So kind of along those lines. So just so that I get. I'm just trying to clarify kind of what you guys are really teaching is that it, it can still be something where people are walking through trauma. Kind of like what you're saying is just even with COVID, people are walking around, right? Yeah. With traumatic things that have already happened, but there but the question is it can it can work where you're where you're walking through this with a person that's actually going through trauma. Yeah. Oh yeah, well that's the whole aim of this is for that is Okay, we you need to find peace peace island in the middle of the trauma. Like there has to be uh, some place to take a breather, to have a little bit of peace that breaks in, so that you can even think. So, you know, I mean, if you've ever been in a car accident or been at the scene of an accident, you'll know that people's brains shut down and they can't really even talk. Right, flight or fight, right. flight. Yeah. Flight. Mm -hmm. So. So the only way for that, all that brain to, to turn back on is that there has to be a safe enough person to help them get back into a grateful mindset and their, and their system can turn, that fight and flight can turn off and they can come back in. So these people, a lot of them are just in constant fight and flight right now, okay? So they're, they're like either like a, or a drowning person. They're fighting off their lifeguard, you know? So their brains, they, they're not... In, involuntarily they're overwhelmed they can't even function mm -hmm. so what you're doing is you're giving them like a you know you're throwing a a life preserver a life preserver I can't think yeah. <laughs> uh, what it is uh, to them and giving him, well, this is at least you can hold on to this. There's a little moment of peace that you can hold on to. Here's a little relief from the overwhelming feeling. And here's, like, you can quiet some of that, of the amygdala that's pumping the, the, all these chemicals into your system and catch it off. So, yeah, does that help? 
Yeah, I have, I have a feeling that you guys will have to just ask the Lord how to approach, how, yeah. what the, like the opening is going to be, how you're going to approach it. It's not yeah. like you're going to set up appointments with these people. I will play. say that I would imagine that one of the temptations will be, because we're actually trained in our culture to be this way, and a lot of the, you know, we've been trained by the psychological community, in empathy, okay? Mm. So... It would be easy to ask them to tell all their trauma stuff before you give them any peace. Okay? And somehow think that by you just hearing their horrible story, that that's going to... And to some degree, it brings comfort. The only reason why it works is because there is someone then listening to their trauma. But the, what, and that's what these guys finally just like put together is because they've been doing therapy and trauma stuff for years before they put the two and two together in this way. And in fact, in the introduction of this little book on passing the peace, Jim Wilder traces the history of trauma uh, work in in the U.S. Or, uh, in the Western world, actually, and it started basically with shell shark shell. Shock. Well, these go shell shock in World War One, mm-hmm. and trying to deal with all these veterans that were, you know, just basket cases, and the method that they developed was listening, basically just listening to their pain and getting them to tell the horrible stories of the war that they went through. Okay, so it worked to some degree. But the assumption was what was healing them was getting them to talk about their pain. But the real truth was, was healing them was there's a person that's connecting to them. The connection with a a human being that was loving them, being present to them, that had the capacity to not be overwhelmed by what they're overwhelmed by, that could reach into their life. So then they put together, once they understood the brain sciences, Maybe you don't have to even do that much storytelling of the pain. Mm-hmm. If you can connect relationally with the person and draw them into joyful connection, then it actually does it even more effectively. So so that's part of I think there's people too, they've told their stories so many times that it becomes their identity. Yes, that's right. Is. And then you, it's really hard. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's hard ground. Yeah. It's hard ground. And it's also really hard on, on the listener. Mm-hmm. So yeah. honestly, yeah. I've been doing counseling for years and years and years, pastoral mm-hmm. counseling. But when I discovered this, it has totally changed my life. <laughs> uh, because I'm not exhausted by their trauma, and Jesus is the one that. And yeah. in this model, Jesus is the counselor, yes. and I get to watch him counsel them. Yeah. And if they talk about the trauma, they're talking to him, and I'm just kind of listening in and coaching a little bit. You know, it's just a whole different thing, and now it's fun to counsel because I get to see God do all these miracles. Yeah. Praise God. And I just want to agree. I just had, we've had overwhelming healing in our own lives. We had a son who died, and we went healed some amazing the most traumatic memory in my life got healed this way and it was just 
I mean, just I still can't believe it. I still can't believe there's no pain when I look back at that memory. Yeah, the Lord just totally took it out, and and so that it works. I mean, I just have to testify. It just it it really really does work. Um, okay. So let's practice. Um, because that's that's the bottom line. You keep practicing it. And first of all, it'll change your life, and second of all, you'll be ready to do this in more meetings. So, in, in pairs, right? In pairs. All right. I'm going to pull everybody back here for a minute. Finish up. Any questions? Any other questions as you did that? I do. Once you go through this positive uh, experience of getting them in touch with something good in their life to bring joy, then you said you can use it to, I thought you mentioned you can use it to help them heal traumatic things. So do you actually bring up the traumatic thing at some point? And is there a process for that that's different than... Yeah, so what we shared with you is the first little piece. Mm-hmm. That is getting them to peace. Yeah. And but when they're in the situation they're in, they could have that experience. You do that a lot with them. Every time you're with them, you could get them to peace Can because I, they need to have a whole bunch of peace experiences. And part of what that does is it's building capacity in them to then receive healing yeah. in the trauma. So the just the gratitude and the connection with you and the feeling peace is actually restoring some capacity in them, mm-hmm. in all of us. That's what it does in all of us. Um, so just like that church she talked about in Germany, those people were coming around these people. You guys have given, given an open door to begin to come around some of these people, right? So it's not only this that we just showed you that you're going to do. There's going to be more. There's going to be money contributed. There's going to be different ways that you're going to serve them. So the whole environment is also incredibly powerful. But to answer your further question is yes. I think what you said was you, you, you said imagine Jesus is there. Why? Yeah, so what happens is in the longer process of beginning to heal trauma memories, um, you, get a person, you get a person connected in a joyful, peaceful place. You help them look for Jesus. You know, somebody, maybe they saw, maybe the Taliban killed the father of, of a young person that you're ministering to like this. And they saw the, the, the murder, and they saw the Taliban kill him. So what do you do with that? Okay, so you, they get, if you had enough of a relationship that started to develop with that person, um, where they were trusting you and you could communicate well enough, then you could kind of you know, move towards this where they're getting a good connection with God, even however they perceive him, but but I bet God Jesus is going to show up a whole bunch. So if they saw Jesus like the surfer girl, say, okay, now Jesus, what do I do about what happened to my father? And and then you sort of put it to Jesus, and then he decides whether he's going to go to the trauma memory with him or not. And sometimes he will, and sometimes he'll he'll reinterpret the whole trauma memory. He'll be there with them. He'll be there to hold them 
cover their eyes. I mean, there's all different ways that he would respond at that point. But basically what you're doing is you're coaching them to connect with Jesus and, and trusting that Jesus knows the best way to go and heal the trauma memory. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my trauma, my worst trauma memory was my son. I tried to resuscitate him. We tried to pray for him to raise from the dead. He still died. Couldn't raise him from the dead. But I asked God to confirm whether we were supposed to keep praying for his resurrection. And and he's, I saw a vision of, G, of my son Peter in heaven looking out and saying, Dad, I don't want to come back. And so at that point, I let go. But still, the, the memory was his dead body on the gurney. It wasn't even that. I mean, I could remember that, but that was the main thing was he's gone, he's dead. You know, that trauma was just the worst of the worst, you know, the end of my son. Okay, so when we did, when I did this process, and the Lord did a, what I call a Jehovah sneaky on me, because I was teaching a seminary, I was teaching a seminar on this stuff, and we we had everybody do an exercise, and I just said, okay, I guess I better do my own exercise, and I'm sitting there, and so the Lord takes me back to that memory, and He reruns the memory of me seeing my son in heaven. And, but he, uh, he extended the memory, and as soon as my son Peter looked at me, he says, I don't want to come back. He turned his face back towards Jesus, and the light of Jesus, I couldn't see Jesus, but I saw the light explode on his face. And, and there was, uh, there's no way to describe except what happened inside of me was my whole spirit just left. I want to be there face to face with Jesus with my son. Mm-hmm. And the power of that moment broke the trauma. So now, every time I, I don't, I barely remember his body on the gurney. I only, like, like the big light of it is like, ah, face to face with Jesus. I'm so happy he's there and I want to be there too. And it, and so that that's, that was an example of how he did it with me. But there's a mil, there's a million ways. I've, we've heard so many stories. We pray, we do this kind of ministry all the time, and we see it happen over and over and over again. It's just unbelievable. There's a story in, in the manual training book, and I don't know the whole story, so I'll keep it short. Which I can tell you worried about that, but uh, uh, cut it. <laughs> but this 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 guy had, a lot of stories. This guy his whole, all of his family and everybody had been killed, and they were all and the, this whole village, and they were all thrown in an open pit, and then he was buried alive with them. They thought he was dead. He was buried alive with all this, and then he climbed out, and God came and healed that that trauma. I mean, yeah. I don't know how he does it, honestly, really, with the overwhelming nature of the traumas that people go through. But you guys shared that testimony of uh, Jim Wilder going to this church to minister to these people, but beforehand setting it up. Yeah, and having all the food and all that. Get them a meal. So that's a really good tip for us when we get these opportunities, when we get these open doors with refugees. To make sure that there's already been the physical, mm-hmm. you know, which obviously we're doing that through GoFundMe and stuff, but something tangible for that person or that those families that we're yeah, going to see. And what's interesting on top of that, and that's Wilder's 
text talks about this a lot, is that one of the best ways to create attachment with anybody is food and storytelling. Okay, so so that's why the table, the table. So that's what he did there. They had food for them around tables. And then they help them find joyful stories, and they're telling stories, and that's actually how you create community, how you create family. Um, yeah, yeah. The, you know, these stories we're telling about the the Emmanuel healing of trauma is like probably not what you're going to be necessarily right. doing. Do very much of people, right. Right. Starting at, at this, yeah. they're yeah. just they just need to be loved. And yeah. some, it's like putting some relief. In. Yeah. Some peace moments, some yes. find, helping them find peace island. Yeah. And can Time I just make a comment about the difference between what's happening here with your with a house church versus a big, mm-hmm. uh, you know, established yeah. church that it's going to become a program in their church? Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. different, <laughs> and it feels so much better. <laughs> Not that that isn't a good thing. Right. Can right. Be, God can use no can. no doubt about it, but yeah. this is different, and I love the way it feels. Just a comment. I, okay, so what's up? This this story of what's happening here is going to go all over the world. Mm-hmm. Just your story. It kind and of it's already go, is. it already started to. So we, I think I might have mentioned. It. I don't know if I mentioned the whole group or not, but we just last weekend we were at a conference from the uh, Life Model Works that we learned all this from in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It's our, the annual, what they call their family gathering. Mm-hmm. And the man that we learned this from was there. And I got asked, we got asked to be on a panel at the very first night. And then the reason why is to tell your story. Mm-hmm. So to tell the story of the Afghan connection. Mm-hmm. And so all of these people at this seminar that are contending for this all over the world heard it. Okay, this is what God's moving on and he wants to release it. Okay. Um, so what's happened, I mean, it's just, and for me, I mean, and even the, even you just referred to the, you know, the larger traditional church has resources that you don't have. So even that's part of the story, like that, that, Li- the the communication with Lily and the connection with your your guy at at the business that mm-hmm. our big church owns mm-hmm. these buildings <laughs> and I mean there's a connect so I think that that's what the Lord has is doing is he's he's going to connect us all in different ways and use the resources where he wants to use it that's right. and if we kind of take sides and well no we're just house church people or we're just yeah. you know what are you know then we're going to miss that we're going to miss what he really wants to do and um yeah so i could go on because i've got a lot of other pieces of the story that i'm very tired to tell but um yeah. thank you guys Thank you for this this family here. I want to thank you for what it means to you, mm-hmm. the kingdom, to these people, what it means to me personally. I just want to thank you for this night. This is going to be one of my gratitude memories mm-hmm. for a long, long time. And 
and uh, uh, I just, I just am so excited about what you're unfolding, even out of our region, mm -hmm. that will reach to the ends of the earth. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah.